You know, we have this wheel on our website, and we talk about that wheel all the time because wheels have power; they move things. And all those pieces in that wheel are the things that get to move someone's marketing forward to drive sales. At the end of the day, marketing drives sales. Welcome to this encore interview from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and the Women Presidents Organization (WPO) at WomenPresidentsOrg.com. I am here with Deborah Harsh. She's a member of WPO, the Women Presidents Organization. She's also the president and CEO of Brand With Solutions at BrandWithSolutions.com. Deborah, welcome. I want to talk about what you do at Brand With Solutions, and before we even go there, though. I just want to compliment you on a brilliant name for your business. <laughs> I get a lot of those comments. It, it, it's exactly what we do. So it, it's such a great name. Tell us what you do. So we are a full-service marketing communications firm that specializes in a specific four-target audience. So we specialize in companies that sell in the life science space, the contract pharma space, healthcare diagnostics, and energy market segments. So those companies that sell into those segments, those are the companies, those are the clients that we have. We work with clients to develop everything. So when we say full service, we do everything from the content development to public relations, digital and print advertising, social media, which has become a real asset and opportunity to our clients, marketing automations. Of course, we do websites and work on their websites as well as trade shows and conferences. And one of the keys to what we do is we try to integrate all the assets that we develop so we can really make our clients' marketing extremely powerful. So if we create a white paper, we'll use it maybe in PR, might be an asset for a digital or advertising download. Social media, we'll push it out in social media, as well as if the client has a marketing automation platform. So the goal is whatever you create, use and use, because people need to see things six to eight times before they remember it. You know, we live in a time where content is king, and it's extremely important in marketing, and you have to develop a very balanced, good content with a solid value proposition, not just the features and benefits, but definitely bringing out to your target audience what's in it for them. Why should I even be looking at you for any supplies or services or products? I'm talking with Deborah Harsh. She's the president and CEO of Brand With Solutions. It's at brandwithsolutions.com. On Twitter, they're at BWS Marketing and on Facebook at Brand With Solutions. Deborah, I have to ask how you came to be focused on these core areas because you are highly specialized. How did you get there? So I think you get there via a journey. And for me, the journey was where I spent the beginning part of my career. I started my career selling chemistry analyzers and cell counters. I went on to working with a company in specialty gases, but I was helping medical device and diagnostic companies build their calibrating systems that were inside their instruments. So I was seeing things that people didn't see for two to three years. They hadn't even gone through FDA yet. And then from there, I went on to be the director of marketing at a life science company. Then I went on to be a, a director of marketing in a, in a software, an entrepreneurial company that got bought out by a Fortune 100 company. So we, I really got there on the journey, and I learned so much. My undergraduate, I got a degree in psychology, but it was psychopharm. It wasn't clinical psychology, and I minored in biology and English. So early on, I was very interested in the sciences, and I specialize. We specialize in what we do, and my team members all specialize in what we do based on the journey we took in our careers. 
And the thing our clients love about it is we understand these markets really well. It's it's fascinating, but they don't have to teach us the market. They don't have to, you know, we've already spoken to a lab director or a research person in a pharma company or a biotech company or an academic academician that's doing research. So we get in a sense, we have early on the sense of how their, our clients' customers, what their needs are, how they want to be spoken to and how to deliver those value propositions. So it's kind of how we got so specialized. And energy was interesting because we got to energy left-handed, if you will. The entrepreneurial company I worked for in Philadelphia was a software company. And when the company got bought out by a Fortune 100 company, that CEO went on to be a CEO of a, a fortune, a, a energy company that was playing in the pipeline and gas industry for petroleum and natural gas products. She needed a marketing team. She knew we knew how to market and we understood software. We just had to learn an industry, which we did. So that's how we got to energy. But it was really anchored in our understanding of those industries to begin with. It's it's interesting to hear about your background and how you came to start Brand with Solutions. And I'm almost, almost guessing that in those years when you were on the client side, Brand with Solutions might have been the the marketing agency that you wish you could have found and hired. You know, Greg, that's exactly it. Uh, a year before I started Brandwith, before I went to work for that entrepreneurial software company, I thought about starting Brandwith because I realized there was something missing. We'd work with advertising agencies. They were very good. They were very creative, but they never quite got it. And I realized that the reason they never quite got it was because they'd never sold to those actual customers mm. in the past. And our background was doing that. I did do that. And that's why when we developed our, our differentiator tagline, which is we speak science, it's a home run for clients. They totally get it. They, you know, when we hand them our business card, we hand it backside up and the tagline's right there. We speak science. And for them, that's everything. And you're right. It's exactly, I started a company based on what I wished I had, a company that would build the team around my needs. Not that I was paying for something that maybe the person that they hired that maybe not quite understood what I was doing, but could get there. We, what's great about us is it enables the way we're set up, it enables us to build a team around the client so that the client gets the best in class. I actually want to ask you about that because on your website, one of the things it says is services to scale. And it mentions all of the services that you mentioned and are speaking here. But I'm guessing that one of the really powerful things you can offer a client is almost sort of a menu style relationship where they can pick and choose what they think they need today. Some of it they may be doing, they may think they have a provider that's doing it well. So because it's services to scale, they get to pick what they need today. My guess is also that once they start working with you and see that you, as you said, we speak science, but also see that you have such an eye towards repurposing everything to get great value from it in as many places as you can, I would imagine that your clients begin to just add more and more services to take greater advantage of your expertise and they only have to go to one place to get it and they don't lose, they don't lose all the great work that's being done. Right. And for them, it it is interesting because for some clients, we are their marketing department and for other clients, we start with project work. And then as we start with project work, well, can you do this? Can you do this? 
why don't you do this? And instead of us having the other agency do it, why don't you just do it? You know, I wasn't really happy with what they did before. So why don't you just do it? So we do scale to our clients. We have clients around the world. I have team members, um, brand with team members that are not all located right here in Pennsylvania. And the reason I do that, we have great tools these days to communicate. And we use every tool we can get our hands on to do that. And what it enables me to do is to build best in class. I don't have to hire somebody because of their location. I could hire somebody because they're great. We just added two new content writers on our team. One is in the UK and one is in Canada. Hmm. I need them to understand the client's needs less about where they're physically located. And it's interesting. We had a client say to us once, you know, when we started working with them, it was on a small project. And then we wound up being their marketing arm. And he said to us, you know, your DNA is your client's success. And I, I thought to myself, wow, he really got that right. It's less about Bramwith. We've won a lot of awards for our work. But it's not about awards for us. It's about the client getting that next opportunity, whether it's a big software deal or it's large instrument placement. It's really about them. And how do we get their message out that benefits them? Well, it's one of the words that came to mind as you were describing your company and your relationship with your clients. And the word that came to mind is partner. You're really, even though you're an outside agency, you've really positioned yourself to be a partner. So if what you need today is X, we'll provide you with X. As those needs grow, our relationship with you will grow. And that's how a great partnership works. Exactly. So for some clients, we work with their internal teams too. You know, we do have clients that have internal resources, but maybe they need a little more guidance or they need to figure it out. For some clients, They want to start social media, but they're unsure of how to. So for a year, we run their social media program, give them the training they need, and and they're out the door and they're doing it themselves. One of the questions I want to ask you, just to understand who you you work with and who your clients are, it, it seems to me that your work is focused largely or completely on B2B clients versus B2C or consumer-oriented clients? No, that is correct. We are a B2B company. And I want to go back to one other thing you said, which is you talked early on about how you would look at everything you create for the client and also make a plan for other ways you would use it. My experience in many companies is there's no plan. Well, that's exactly a challenge, right? You know, what is that old saying? If you're not making a plan, you're planning to fail. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that many times. You know, it's, it's for, you know, we... We luck out sometimes when we get to work with a client and we help them with their strategic marketing plan or at least have access to it and we build a MARCOM plan, a marketing communications tool plan. You know, we have this wheel on our website and we talk about that wheel all the time because wheels have power, they move things. And all those pieces in that wheel are the things that get to move someone's marketing forward to drive sales. At the end of the day, marketing drives sales. That's its power. That's what it's intended to do. It doesn't make the sale. It helps develop the lead. It can nurture the lead, but it helps drive the sale. It's the salesperson that makes the sale. I've I've been in places, just to go back to that idea of the plan, where something is created, a marketing piece, and then at some point later, there's a slap to the side of the head and of, oh, you know what else we can do with this? And I just want to reinforce the idea that with a plan, you're not wasting your assets by overlooking them or forgetting them or realizing their power later. You're actually exactly. using them. We had a them. client that just did a webinar last week in the healthcare space. And before that webinar was even started, 
we had done a big KOL project, a key opinion leader project for them, made this incredible slide deck for their sales team to use when they go out and sell the product. And we did a webinar on this product. It was an assay kit for a chemistry analyzer. And before that even started, I was already talking to their marketing department and said, okay, now that we've got the webinar in place, we need to do a few things. We need to drive people back to the archive because inevitably when you do a webinar, only half the audience turns up. So we want to remind them that the archive is there. We created an executive summary. The next step is there was a bunch of questions. That webinar was supposed to be an hour, and it lasted an hour and a half. And all, all of the people, they had 1,100 people register for that webinar. So all, most of the people that joined the webinar that day stayed for that whole hour and a half because it was a very poignant topic. So the next step is doing an FAQ. And how do we put the pieces together? Well, then the next step after that is to develop either a Google AdWord or a Google Display Ad as well as banner ads and drive back to the landing page you create. The really cool thing is, is we have all these great tools that we can measure how well we're doing. And because we're working a lot in a digital space, we're able to tweak it or change a tactical course, but we're doing it based on data. You know, we play in the in a science world where data is king for our clients. It's also king for us because we get to look at it and say, well, this is working, this isn't working, let's change the messaging. Developing that plan and creating that asset, I think what happens in a lot of companies is an asset is created in a very vertical space you need to get a white paper done. So they get the white paper done. And then I look at them and say, and <laughs> what are you going to do with the white paper? You know, put it out on social media, put it out on LinkedIn groups, make it an asset that's downloadable where perhaps you can gain somebody's contact information. Can't do that for a case study. Shouldn't do that for brochures, but you could definitely do it for a white paper where there's a lot of technical IP in there. Yes. Well, what you're really driving home here is that, uh, as you said, content is king. and it's not, not even enough to have a plan. You also ha you can have a plan for the content, but you have to have also have a have to have a plan for the execution of the plan. Exactly. And I think that's also. I mean, it's great to have a whiteboard full of ideas, but who's going to do it? Well, that's why clients come to us because they look at the whiteboard, their eyes glaze over, and they're like, "Okay, I don't I don't know how I'm going to do all this because I'm doing three other jobs at the same time." So we added a resource two years ago. We added a new team member two years ago in marketing automation because a lot of the, our clients had great tools. They had a CRM. They had a marketing automation platform, and none of it was being used. And I'd say to them, when you go to a trade show, are you talking to people? Let them know you're there. And oftentimes, they're not marketing at all. They just show up. And I'm like, da -da -da -da, back up. You're going to do some advertising. We're going to let them know you're at XYZ Trade Show. We're going to send out, we're going to rent the list from the trade show and, you know, choose the demographics that fit the audience that our client needs. We're going to send out an email. We're going to send out a direct mail as well because direct mail is back, believe it or not. Yes. Um, and we're going to follow up. So before the team, the client team hits the trade show floor, we've already done an email and a direct mail out. We've already done, we've already built the platform for those that didn't drop by the booth. Sorry, we missed you at the show. Thank you for stopping. The other arm is thank you for stopping by and two nurtures out from there to keep driving them forward towards a lead. Not just a contact name and number, but someone that's interested. We try, when we build themes, 
that we deliver on that theme even at the trade show. So last year we had a client whose theme was Seeing is Believing, and the giveaway at the trade show was a pair of virtual reality glasses because their software enabled you to figure out where a sample was by not opening the freezer. And you could find out the whole history of that sample by looking in the software. So trying to keep the campaigns tight and focused. It's, it's interesting because I've had clients say to me, print ad is dead, and I will tell you print advertising is not dead. It's not the only way to go. It's definitely a mix of things. That old adage, people need to see things six to eight times before they get it, is true. They're not going to get it in one swoop. So if you have it in different places where they come across it, you know, people buy from those they perceive they know. If they don't know who you are, they're a little more skeptical. You wouldn't buy a car from a company you never heard of. That's true. Right? So the goal is to deliver content so they can find out about you. You know, we as we talked about earlier, content is king. Just like when you go to buy a new product, you pull out your laptop and you, or your phone and you're searching about that product. Find out the best company, where they're written up. The same exact thing is true from in the B2B space. Yeah, and I'm realizing as you're describing all this now, there's making a plan which a lot of companies don't do. As you said, they write the white paper, but they have no plan for how to use it other than that. There's delegating the plan, but even in the delegating of the plan, if you're just assigning it to people because they're the only ones in the room and they either don't have time or they don't have expertise, yeah, it's a plan that's going to f- probably fail. Whereas really the role you fill is we know how to make the plan. We're the people to execute the plan. And we have the expertise to, ex- to execute the plan because it's what we do. Exactly. When we yeah. built the plan for that webinar, um, our partner, our strategic partner that helped do the KOL piece, she said to me, she said, wow, now I get it. I totally get how you maximize this. Because you've already spent $20,000 on creating the webinar. So why not maximize spend? I want to change gears here a little bit. I'm talking with Deborah Harsh. She's a member of WPO, the Women Presidents Organization. She's also the president and CEO of Brandwith Solutions, brandwithsolutions.com. I want to kind of change the focus of our interview because I want to hear from you tips you might have for them for how to find the best marketing agency for their needs. Sure. And I get asked this question a lot when I, when I give talks about how do, how do I pick an agency. So I have four top tips that I tell clients or prospects or people that are, wouldn't be coming to us that maybe are in a different industry because the tips work whether you're B2B or B2C. And the first is work with an agency that is experienced in your market space and sector, you know, that knows how to target your customer base and preferably one who's actually worked with your customers you know, has, has been in that arena that really understands how to develop those value propositions. The other one is find one that can handle all of your marketing communications needs so that your message stays strong and doesn't get filtered by too many different companies. When you have an agency that's just PR and you have an agency that does your digital advertising and you have another one that does your social media, it gets very disjointed and you spend a lot of time trying to knit them all together. Which... Time, I think, is a very important word there. I mean, 
you know, your your company name is Brandwidth Solutions, but now we're talking about bandwidth solutions, right? Exactly. I mean, if I if I have four different agencies that I'm working with, it's just going to take a lot of somebody's time, including mine, just to keep everybody on point. So so they're probably not going to do as good a job because they're in four different companies, but also it's going to take more of my time, and my time is probably, I hope, is hopefully better spent somewhere else. Well, on the other pieces, just as we talked about it, integrating those pieces, if it's four different companies, then how do we know what pieces are being created? Mm. You know, and Mm -hmm. how are we stitching it all together to power your marketing? That's the key. You know, we find that if they they use somebody for PR and they use somebody for, for layout and they use somebody else for content creation, how do I know what's happening in all those other buckets if you're not communicating it? And oftentimes that marketing communication specialist or that director of marketing doesn't have time. Yes. They don't have and time to tell me what's happening in the other companies. So that's why I say, you know, find one that can handle all of your marketing mm-hmm. communications needs. The third is make sure they explain how they measure and how they course correct. It's not enough to just build an ad and say, look how great the ad is. We sent it out and you've got an award and all this. You know, all of that's great. I really want to know how you're measuring it. Mm-hmm. And how, if we find it doesn't work, it was interesting because we did a, a side-by-side comparison for a client between Google AdWords and display ads. The AdWords per click was $2.80 and the display ad was $0.50. Cents. And we ran it. So we looked at the data for one week on the AdWords and they got 77 clicks. And you'd say, that's really good. But in 48 hours on the display ad, they got 111 and they paid a lot less. <laughs> So should we be course correcting? Absolutely. But without measuring those two, I wouldn't have had the data to prove to them this is the better route to go. So testing is also, I mean, measurement is great, but test other things that you think might not be as effective because you might be surprised at what you learn. Exactly. And sometimes you have to test longer than a month. We did a Google display ad for a client and one was red and one was blue. So we always rotate ads. We never keep the same one in place. So that if you come back to the page, it looks different. And it was interesting because one month, the blue did way better than the red. And then the next month, the red did way better than the blue. So all it told me is both ads are working. I don't have to change the color. (laughs) It it was part of their palette anyway. But if I had first looked at it, I'd say, oh, well, I shouldn't be using any red. But by waiting an extra month and getting another piece of data, I noticed, well, it's alternating. So it really doesn't matter. And the other piece is something we talked about a couple of times here is get them to explain how they're going to integrate your marketing needs. That's really hard to do on paper, I will tell you, because clients still say, can you write down how you're going to do that? And it's really hard to do just on a, on a one-dimensional surface on a piece of paper. It's way easier to do it when you explain it in person. Yes. But how are you going to create this and what are you going to do with it once it's created? So you must find, you alluded to the client who said, oh, I get it now. You must have a lot of conversations with clients and prospects where you can really see the light bulb go off and their eyes get big because they realize, oh my gosh, you, you're not only the solution to the problem I wanted to fix, but you're also the solution to the problems I didn't even know I had. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. And they don't, for some companies, we have a marketing team lead that we're dealing with. But for other companies, we don't. We, we're dealing with the CEO, and maybe they have experience in marketing, and maybe they don't. So that's always a very different conversation for them. Um, it's harder for them. Sometimes they're the founders. They're so intimately involved in the company. 
they they can't see past the technology. And the goal is the technology, you know, there's that saying, if they build it, they will come, that field of dreams. We call yes. it field of dreams marketing. If you build it, they are not coming unless you market it. <laughs> so field of dreams marketing does not work. You hmm. have to market it. So talk to us about the best clients for you. And I'm talking with Deborah Harsh. She's the president and CEO of Brandwith Solutions, brandwithsolutions.com. Talk to us about who you find to be your best clients. You've already said this is what to look for. If I'm listening, I'm thinking, I don't have to look any further. I, I found Deborah in Brandwith Solutions. Who are the right kinds of companies to be contacting you so people listening will know whether it makes sense for them or not? Our right type of client are the ones in the areas that we serve. So, you know, healthcare, life science, energy, and contract pharma. But, but companies that want to make more of their marketing, that want their marketing to be empowered to help drive leads and help drive sales. It's not the quantity of leads that matters. It's the quality of what you're developing. That's why lead nurturing is so important. But someone that really wants to figure out what's the best way to drive my marketing, and someone that wants to work with more than one of our services. Mm. We're happy to work with clients with one service. We do that a lot, especially in social media, because that helps empower. And we have ways to draw out what assets have been developed so that we find a way to work with clients that we're not creating the other assets for. But really, if, if you want to move off the dime. If you want to really move your product forward or your services forward, that's the kind of client we want. The one that's really interested in getting from point A to point B and doing it in a smart way. So let me ask one last question. And that is you, you're a member of WPO, the Women Presidents Organization. I'm curious to know how long you've been a member and how that I'm sure that when you show up for meetings, people have lots of questions for you. I'm also interested in how it's helping you grow your business. So I've been a member, gosh, it's over eight years. Hmm. It's been a, quite a while. And I really like the WPO because I get to learn things. Um, each week, there's a chapter. We have a chapter, our Philadelphia chapter. And what's nice is that the people in the room are not necessarily, they're, they're not copies of me. So there's no duplicate of what we do in our Philly chapter. Yes. And I get to learn so much from the women in that room because I'm not an expert in everything. And um, they're my board of directors. You know, we have mm -hmm. accountants, we have lawyers, we have people that have big businesses. We have people that have smaller businesses. We have people that have sold businesses. So it's a great opportunity to learn how do I do that. And then sometimes we do get to work with our other team members, our other um, sisters, I call them sisters in our chapter. And that's great fun too. But oftentimes it's not about working with them. It's about learning from them. And they keep your feet to the fire. They'll say things that empower you to make that next step when you're not quite sure. Should I make this step? Shouldn't I make that step? And really about five years ago, they forced me into a corner and said, "You and you want to grow, you have to make that next step. And I agreed and I took a step and I made the next step. Mm. But it, it took it took them holding me to be accountable. So it sounds like, first of all, they filled the role of helping you see what the next step was. And then, as you said, accountability. Exactly. <laughs> Once everybody agreed, you being the most important one, yes, that's the next step if I want to grow. They made darn sure that you did it. Or I, What would they it. have done if you hadn't done it? Well, they would have asked more questions as to why. What was my thought process? Mm. I mean, they wouldn't have yelled or been upset. They would have said, no, you know, why <laughs> Because they were you supporting you to do the right thing for you and your business. Right. Because for some people, 
being a certain size they're happy with. And for others, they want to be bigger. Yes. And and I always look at it in, in the advertising agency world. I've seen big agencies, and what I find with big agencies, not all, this is definitely a broad stroke statement, is that they stop delivering on customer service. They stop doing what we do, which is making mm-hmm. sure things are well integrated and well situated within a client. They're leaving it to an account manager, which is fine, but that account manager may or may not have been a marketer. Yes. So what happens then? How are you really helping your client look at all aspects of what you're delivering and the best way to use it? So I worry about that. I worry about when when does that happen, and I don't want that to happen. So the fact that you're worrying about it probably is the best thing you could do to make sure it doesn't happen. Exactly. And then scaling correctly. You know, that's the key, is the people that have been with me have been with Brandwith a long time. Our newest employee is two years old. Hmm. Our oldest employee is when I started the company 13 years ago, you know, they all sat in the, in the marketing meetings with, in the sales meetings and just sat there shaking their heads saying, you know, there's a better way to do this. No one's listening, but there's a better way to do this. And they bring that background to the table. And as you said, if you're looking for a marketing agency, that's a big part of what you want to look for. Exactly. Do they understand what we do, why we do it? You know, we play in a space where patients' health and development of future research tools are important to drive healthcare or products and services. It's a big thing. You know, when you're working with contract pharma or even life science companies where they're selling tools to pharma and biotech, you have to remember that at the end, there's a patient's life at the end of it in some cases. It's developing those future products and solutions that change the world. And it's exciting. And there's a lot of responsibility. There is a lot of responsibility. And, you know, we're not making judgments on people's technology, but you get a sense as you're doing a discovery or you're having a conversation, this isn't the right client for us. We were at a trade show and we talked with a company and they were a nutritional company, um, supplement, nutritional supplement company. And they wanted us to work with them marketing basically, you know, omega-6, which is, you know, fish oil, right, to patients with ADHD. And that was going to be the cure. And I don't think that's the cure. I can't market that to a physician or winds up getting into a parent's hands and they're not getting the best for their child. It has to be a good fit both ways. It has to be a good fit both ways. You have to believe in that product. And it's interesting, we get so good at it that we've actually been able to work the booth as if we're their employee. <laughs> it's really kind of funny. We go to a trade show and we're working the booth and I'm laughing because they can actually run out of the booth to get a bite to eat. We can continue working the booth and grabbing leads as they come in. It's, wow. We get that embedded in the technology and we're that big a cheerleader for the technology. Well, and you're, what you're really describing ultimately is a big part of what it is to have a partner. Not exactly. just someone, not just someone you pay, not just someone you work with, not not just someone you outsource something to. You're a partner, and, and that I think that's a great piece of advice for people looking to hire an agency on their own. And if if brand with solutions, you think it might be a great fit for you, reach out. She's Deborah Harsh, President and CEO of Brand with Solutions. Brandwithsolutions.com. Also on Twitter at BWS Marketing. On Facebook at Brand with Solutions. Deborah is a member of the Women Presidents Organization, which we talked about. The Women Presidents Organization is at womenpresidentsorg.com. Deborah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you for the opportunity for Forbes Books. It's great. Yeah. 
Welcome to this encore interview from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and the Women Presidents Organization, WPO, at WomenPresidentsOrg.com.